You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Well, here we are. We're in uh, week number four of spiritual boot camp. And I've got to say that uh, I have enjoyed uh, studying and preparing Uh, It's just been incredible. So the book of Ephesians, uh, it serves as a believer's boot camp, teaching us that we, the church, we are equipped with spiritual weapons. We are not weak. uh, We are strong. We're the body of Christ. Amen. So let's go right into Ephesians chapter four, verse one. I therefore... The prisoner of the Lord. Now, you you need to understand that uh, Paul is writing, and he is actually writing from a prison, but he's also a prisoner of the Lord. He was not forced to. He was enslaved, means he was a servant, and he chose that. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith, listen to this, ye are called. I want to read it again. He says, I beseech you. Who's he talking to? You. That ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. God often calls people to do things that they cannot do. Think about that. God called Peter to walk on the water. Peter couldn't walk on the water, but God called him to. Think about this, Lazarus was dead and in a tomb and God called Lazarus to come out of the tomb. Lazarus couldn't come out of that tomb. There was 600,000 men in uh, Israelites that were held in captive slaves in Egypt. 600,000 men. Now, as Pastor Wright would say, if there are 600,000 men, there's a whole bunch of women and a bunch of kids. So it was somewhere around 2 million people estimated, and God called Moses to lead them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. God often calls man to do what man cannot do. Someone say amen. So God has chosen us. That's what I just read in verse one. Ye, God has chosen us to be Christ's representatives on earth. Man, that is so unbelievable that God Almighty would choose you and I to be his representative here on earth. Man, when we, you put on the title as Christian, it means something, Jimmy. It is important, do you understand? Each one of us are representatives of God Almighty. If that excites you, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. So here Paul challenges us to live worthy of the name Christian, meaning Christ's one. This includes being humble. Are you humble? This includes being gentle. I don't know why they put this in the book, but it's patient. Anybody know? Are you patient with people? 
Are you understanding? Are you a peacemaker? Listen, can people see Christ in you? Not you carrying the Bible. Can people see Christ in you? I'll tell you what challenges me. When I go through a drive-through, <laughs> you must go through the same one, right? And nobody says thank you. Nobody, you know, just cut you off and I'm trying to encourage and build up and, and sometimes I just gotta take a deep breath, right? I wanna encourage this. I want everybody to see Christ in me. You and I are his representative. Let me ask you a question. Are you rude? Somebody said never, you're lying right now. You're a lying, rude individual. <laughs> Are you always friendly to people? Are you arrogant? Are you real short with people? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm pretty sure he's talking about you. Ephesians chapter four, verse one again says, walk worthy. I don't know, I never did listen to music when I was growing up and in high school and stuff, but this thought came to my mind, walk this way. Anybody remember that song? Walk this way. That's what God's telling us today, is walk this way. Hey man, you liked that, didn't you? Huh? Speaking of music and stuff, my, my granddaughter was going to a... Um, uh, a daddy-daughter dance last night and I couldn't go uh, I'm with my, my oldest son and so I wanted to embarrass her a little bit. She's sitting back there. I, we was down to her house. I said, you want Pappy to show up and just do this, don't you? And uh, so walk this way. I don't know why I shared that, but I did, all right? But walk this way. Walk as though, and this is serious, that we're already at the place that we are pursuing. I say walk the way that you're already at the place that you're pursuing. I was talking to my wife yesterday about this message and, and, and I shared that phrase with her and she said, do you remember years ago when we wanted an SUV and we couldn't afford an SUV and we would drive around every weekend at Harry Green's or Jenkins or whatever and, and look at SUVs and you know, uh, we were just speaking to things that were not as if they were and, and, and one day God blessed us and we was able to get an SUV. Walk the way, pursue the life that you want, walk that way right now. If you want your marriage to be excellent of thrills and romance and adventure, again, as Pastor Wright would say, then walk that way today. Don't wait. Say, well, maybe we'll get there next year. Start right now walking that way and you watch what God does in your life. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. But don't walk according to where you are. If you walk according to where you are, you'll always be there. But if you'll start walking according to what you're pursuing, you will end up what you've pursued. Do you hear me? I think that's good. Romans chapter four, verse 17, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Faith, faith calls things that are not as if they were. What do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be in a year from now? I've told this story, but just act like you've never heard it before. 
But I needed a job many years ago and, and I was laid off and the airport was hiring and, and I knew they were, they were taking applications and they'd open up at six o'clock in the morning and, and at uh, 5.45 a.m. I'd be standing there at the door when Bob Freeman was the manager. I had never met him before and he would open up the door and he said, can I help you? And I said, I'm here to put, out, uh, put in an application and, and he'd say, okay, come on in. I filled out an application. He said, we'll be hiring in the next three or four weeks. We're gonna take interviews and, and all that. And, and for somewhere around three weeks in a row, Monday through Friday, every time that he would open up the door at six o'clock in the morning, I was standing there because I was walking ahead in what I believed and speaking the things that were not as if they were. And over three weeks went by and every time he would unlock that door, I was standing there and he said, we're not hiring today. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And when they interviewed, guess who got the job? I got the job. Hold on a second. And then he was sitting behind on his desk and he looked at me and he said, where do you see yourself in two years? I said, sitting in your chair. And, and he looked at me and he smiled. I said, not because I'm going to undermine you, not because I'm going to try to destroy you. I'm going to help you in everything you do. And when the light shines on you and you get promoted, then I'm going to get your seat. Let me tell you, it didn't even take two years. He got promoted uh, and I got promoted and I sat in the boss's chair. I'm telling you, don't walk where you want to stay, walk where you, excuse me, don't walk where you are, but walk where you want to go. Do you hear me? Today, somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. I'm trying to help you, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to shine light and, and, and lift me up. I'm trying to help you. Listen to me. Don't walk according to where you are. Ephesians, let's go. I could stay there all day. Ephesians chapter four, verse two. Here's how we walk. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. It says with all lowliness. You need to listen to this and I'm, I'm telling you, I pray you write it down. The higher the call, the lower you must be. I'll say it again. The higher the call, the lower you must be. You are not above anything. You are not better than anybody else. And the higher God lifts you up, the lower you had better go. And you had better realize that it is God that is lifting you up and using you because pride comes before destruction. Do you hear me? Somebody write this down. Very important. The more gifted you are, the more humble you better be. Down through 30 years, we've seen a lot of singers come and go. A lot of groups pull in. A lot of groups pull out. Big, beautiful buses, Rodney. And a lot of them aren't on the road any longer because they didn't understand that. The more your gifting is, the more humble you better be. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to help you. Do you hear me? Fulfilling our calling. Very important. Ephesians 4 and 2 says, with long suffering. Paul was, Paul had an affliction. The Bible said that doesn't teach us what the affliction was. A lot of people think it was something with the eyes. I've read in commentaries this week where some theologians think that it was malaria, 
But nobody knows exactly what the thorn, so to speak, was in Paul's side. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. And then he says, I love this, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Although God did not remove Paul's affliction, he promised Paul to demonstrate his power in Paul's life during that affliction. God has never promised that you and I would walk through this life without difficult times in our life. But God has promised each one of us that he will be there and he will walk with us. Very encouraging to me, God's power shows up in our weakness. So maybe you're going through a difficult, a difficult time right now. Be encouraged in your weakness. You will find the power of God Almighty if you're looking and depending on it. When we are strong in our own abilities, listen to me. When we are strong in our own abilities and in our own resources, we get to the place where we just depend upon ourselves. We depend upon our resources, our abilities, our gifts, our talents. And friend, you will find yourself in trouble. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four, verse three. Endeavoring, wow, to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Whew. Unity just does not happen. Do you hear me? Unity just does not happen. We have to work at it. Unity in our families, we got to work at it. Unity in our school, in our athletics, in our families, and unity in our church. We have to work at it, do you hear me? Trying to help us today. Instead of concentrating on what divides us, why don't we concentrate and remember what unites us? Here's what unites us as a church, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one God, the Father. Scotty, come here, man. Johnny, come here, man. Lock arms with me. Lock arms with me. We're unified, right? Okay. Let's go. Let's walk this way. Walk this way. Huh? Man, this is so great, isn't it? And we get right over here. Scotty, I want you to go left. Johnny, I want you to go right. Okay. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. I said walk this way. Walk this way. No, no, no. You see what I'm saying? It's a struggle, isn't it? How many knows in your life when you're unified with God and the people that are around you, you can walk and it's easy and there's a blessing in the walking, but you seem, we seem sometimes to have people that want to walk a different direction. So listen to me, let's focus on what unifies us and not what divides us, 
Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. <laughs> Fulfilling our calling is tied to our allegiance to one another. For me to fulfill the calling that's on my life, the staff that is around me has to have an allegiance to me. I have to have an allegiance. The calling that's on each one of them for them to reach their potential, I have to have an allegiance with them. Do you hear me? We need each other. Someone say amen. amen. Keep the unity. I don't know how to even say this. Uh, 30 years, I'm very blessed to really only have a handful of situations, uh, major situations. But I can honestly say probably one of the hardest, this is the easiest thing I do, is, is speak the word of God. And one of the hardest thing is to keep the unity to keep everybody together. Everybody on that front row right there is great people, but everybody on that front row thinks a little bit different than the other person, amen? So let's stay unified. So Ephesians chapter four, verse three says, spirit, spirit of unity. I thought, what in the world? Unity is impossible apart from the spirit of God. Do you hear me? No two people will be unified without the Spirit of God. No church, no family will be unified walking together without the Spirit of God. Unity is impossible without the Spirit of God. So it is so valuable and so important for the Holy Spirit to be leading our church, the Holy Spirit. I understand I'm the under shepherd, the Lord's the shepherd. Understand that I'm the pastor. I understand that we have a board of directors. But the important part is that our church be led by the Holy Spirit, not my preference. Do you hear me? Not our board's preference. We don't just get up one morning and decide to make a change. We pray about it. We counsel. We sit down and we talk about it. Do you hear me? So... It's not about your presence. You know, some people like this style of music. Some people don't like this style. Some people like a teaching. Some people like a preaching. It's what the Holy Spirit has chosen to do here in this house. Do you understand what I'm saying? So how the Spirit is leading, it needs to be led by just the Spirit of the Lord. Ephesians chapter four, verse four. One body and one spirit. Coming into God's presence means that we have to come into each other's presence. Wow. Whether we understand each other or whether we don't. Aaron, stand up for a second. You do this to your son all the time. You embarrass him. So now it's my turn. Aaron Caden is a good man. Okay. Aaron, I believe I'm a good man, but Aaron may have a different idea. I may have a different idea. We may not, I may not understand your idea. And you may not understand my idea, but how come we still can't walk together? Because at the end of the day, listen to me, his God is his God. At the end of the day, God is my God. Why do we have to separate all the time? Can you remember a time, oh boy, I'm gonna get myself in trouble right here. 
Can you remember a time when the Democrats would talk to the Republicans and the Republicans would talk to the Democrats and you could sit down and break bread together and you could disagree, and, but you could still be brothers and sisters? Do, do you hear what I'm saying? And we have come to a place in this world, even as Christians, uh, that if you don't agree with me, I'm out of here. Oh, it's quiet now, isn't it? Huh? All right, Ephesians chapter four, verse six. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Our oneness is a dynamic oneness when we're one. Do you hear me? When we are one, it is dynamic. It takes God to hold it together. Can you say amen? I said it takes God to hold unity together. Give God a hand. Can you do that? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's trying to help us. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know how good he's doing. All right, let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 7. We're going to go right through this, all right? And I'm not going to have you stand for a half hour while I'm finishing, all right? I'm going to stay focused. But unto every one of us is given grace. Wow. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Every genuine believer has received spiritual gift. Gifts that are given to build up, to build up believers in the church and also to be a witness in the world. And Jesus Christ, he gives us the grace to use our gifts. So grace here means strength, wisdom, courage, love, concern. And I could go on. All is the favor and the blessing of Christ. Let's look here at Ephesians 4 and 8. Let's look at that. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Christ has conquered all of the enemies that make life useless and meaningless. Christ has already conquered that. So whatever's going on in your life, that it just, it, it's useless and it's not giving you any meaning and not giving you any purpose, Christ has already defeated that and all you gotta do is step out of that season and start walking in what God wants for you in your life. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So the Old Testament saints, they were held captive uh, by the grave, but the New Testament church, listen, Ephesians 4, chapter 9 and 10. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Jesus went to hell itself so you and I would never have to go there. I'll say it again, Jesus, after he was resurrected, went to hell. He's conquered death, got the keys. He went there so you and I don't have to go there. Do you hear me? 
Ephesians 4 and 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, somebody say edifying, of the body of Christ. Church leadership. Church leadership has the responsibility to perfect. That means to mature the saints. Why? So that they can do the work of the ministry and edify and grow and build each other up, up, not tear each other down. The minister, and we're all ministers of the gospel, works to bring about a perfect unity among God's people. People come up to me, they know I'm not on Facebook, and, and I wouldn't even know how to get on Facebook, and uh, probably don't know how to spell Facebook. But, hey, do you, did you know what so-and-so said on Facebook? Now, I'm not gossiping, but I think you need to know. Kind of like you'll never hear me repeat gossip, so listen close the first time so I don't have to tell you again. Are we edifying, or are we, and we're all guilty of tearing things and people down. We're called to bring peace, church. The Bible said, blessed be the peacemaker. We're called to bring peace and reconciliation to the church. The church is God's people. The shepherd. We're to shepherd people out of cliques, division, murmuring, grumbling. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, is he talking about you again? Cliques, division, grumbling, murmur causes division. Do you hear me? Not just in church, in your families, in your household, at your work. Ephesians 4 and 13, till we come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Perfect man. Don't take that out of context. None of us are perfect. Here's what it means. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Mature saints are unified with each other. Unified. Disagree, we can, we can disagree, Indy, but we're still unified. Do you hear me? I say it again, mature saints are unified. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness Listen to this, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Lie in wait to deceive. No more be a child. Leave here in this, from this boot camp that I'm growing up. I'm not gonna act like a child no more. I'm gonna be a man, I'm gonna be a woman of God. I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna put childish things away and I'm gonna walk in the grace and the mercy and the uni Unity of God Almighty. Give God a hand clap of praise.
All right, it's going to get scary here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Listen to this. But speaking in the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. May grow up, grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to grow up. And I'll tell you something, speaking the truth takes boldness. I'm going to say it again. Speaking the truth takes boldness. And speaking in love takes kindness. And we need them both. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now here's a thought that came to my mind this week. Maybe you can speak the truth in boldness, and maybe you can speak it in kindness. But I'm going to ask you, can you receive the truth? Can you receive the truth? I think it's easier to speak the truth to someone in boldness and kindness, but how do you respond when somebody speaks the truth in boldness to you with kindness? Now I'm going to say something that after 30 years, and again, I'm not trying to lift myself up, but I believe I have a gifting. I believe I have a gift to encourage people, and I believe I have a gift that I could point things out to people that are close around me that would change their life. And oftentimes, John Spiker, I don't have the boldness to do it. Because I don't know, Johnny, Indy, Jimmy, not pointing you, I'm just speaking. I don't know how they'll receive it. There's been some thoughts on my mind recently that I know that I could help somebody, that God would open up windows of heaven and bless them, and I struggle because I don't want to offend them. Verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Fitly joined is not being loosely joined. We're not independent, we're interdependent. We need each other. Do you hear me? Every joint, every part, when one body, when one part of my hand don't work, nothing works right. Yesterday morning, the lady had tea. You'd have thought you pulled into the palace. I'm telling you, they had it decorated. It was unbelievable. That's a spirit of unity and a spirit of excellence. And when it was over with, and I mean, we had, to, we had all the furniture in the foyer out of the foyer. When them women, you know, the guys have a meeting, we throw some boxes of dominoes up there, we get some paper plates, and we get a root beer, and we are ready to go. And the women planned for two months. But I watched and I helped them at the end, how everything was fitly together. And within 40 minutes, everything was put away, tore down, tables going, floors swept, floors mopped, tables put back out, all the furniture, and they were out the door. When we work together, Rick, when we work together, 
Nothing can defeat us. Do you hear me? I hope I'm not boring you this morning. Verse 16 says edifying. It's kind of like a building term. It means renovating. In order to be loyal to what God has called us to, sometimes we got to be disloyal to what God has called us from. Does that make sense to anybody? Sometimes, you know, in order to be loyal to what God has called us to, we got to be disloyal to what God has called us from. You've heard my story and I love my friends, but God called me out of that pig's pen and I made up my mind I was disloyal. I love them, but I'm not going to hang with who I used to hang and I'm not going to go where I used to go. So I became disloyal and became loyal to God. If that's you, give God a hand. Clap the phrase. Verse 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Vanity of their mind, the human ego. We've all got it, okay? The human ego cannot function in God's kingdom unless it's been tempered by the Holy Spirit. And as you grow, God tempers your ego to where you get to the place it's not about you. You don't need everybody to pat you on the back. You realize that all my life, God has been faithful. Do you hear me? Listen, you're not that valuable in this world. You're not that, you're not that important. When, when, when you go down, somebody will take your place. When I go down, somebody will take my place. You hear me? It's God. God, we came in this world with nothing and we're going to leave this world with nothing. But I'm leaving this world with what I've laid up in heaven. Anybody else in the house, uh, you building, you laying up some treasures in heaven. Give God a hand. Come on, give God a hand. Verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, alienated from the life of God. How sad is that? Because of the blindness of their heart, their hearts become hard. Ignorance. Some people are so intelligent, but they're ignorant in this area because they're in the dark, they're not walking in the light and their heart becomes hard. Don't be ignorant, do you hear me? Ephesians chapter four, verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. That word, I had to rehearse that, had to Google it. Lasciviousness. Somebody will still correct me. It means unrestrained action. You need to pay attention. Unrestrained action with no balance. Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl and they're having a, a Super Bowl party on the street and there's thousands upon thousands of people and somebody, young man, some young man pulls out a gun and he begins to shoot and one lady dies and somewhere around 20 have been wounded and they ask him, why did you do that? And he said, they were staring at me. Staring. He said, I felt like them people were staring at me. And him and a guy got into an argument and guns were pulled. No boundaries, no respect for human life. Past feeling, the word says, 
reaching a point where no longer do you feel God's presence. No longer are you concerned about the standard of morality. To be past feeling means to become callous, insensible, and hardened. You can sit right here every Sunday, every Sunday, and still become callous. Become hard. You're here to satisfy the spouse. You're here to check off the box. And you don't even know what's going on, but you become callous and insensible and hardened. Be careful. Be careful. The more a person walks in sin, the more callous his or heart or her heart and conscience becomes to righteousness. Nothing right will even affect you if you're not walking in that. Be careful. Greediness, desiring to have more and more and more, worshiping the blessing instead of the blesser. There's nothing wrong with the blessing. I was thinking about this in my office just a little bit ago, and, and we're coming into camping season, and, and everybody likes to go camping, and there is nothing, nothing wrong with that. And, and I was sharing with John, and, and they're going to be traveling. They've worked 50 years, and, and they're able to travel now, and there is nothing wrong with that. But all of us need to remember where the blessing comes from, and don't worship the blessing, but worship the blesser, God Almighty. Amen. Come on, give God a great hand. All right, verse 22. It says here that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now let's jump down to verse 24. We went from 22, he says put off. Now in verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true and holiness. So verse 22 says put off. Verse 24 says put on what's, what's in between them. In verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Of your mind. How are you gonna do that? Through the spirit, through the word of God, your mind will be renewed. Four things he says to put off. Verse 25 says lying. Put it off. Be honest, right? Verse 26 and 27, be you angry and sin not. You can be angry. I get angry, but sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Honest, how many powders we got in the house? Come on, come on, don't lie to the preacher. How many powders do we have in the house? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't talk to me. What's wrong, honey? Ain't nothing wrong. How come you hadn't talked to me in three weeks? I ain't felt like it. <laughs> Deal with your feelings immediately and biblically. Grow up, thumb sucker. Baby in Christ, honestly, pout, pout, pout. I don't like it. The silent treatment, don't like it. Hit me right there. Go ahead, hit me, but talk to me. <laughs> Anybody walks out of here and punches me right there, I'm gonna <laughs> knock you out. All right? Deal with your feelings immediately and biblically. All right, 
Verse 28, stealing. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Uh Uh-oh. Stealing means to cheat, to take wrongfully from another person legally or illegally. And this is the thought I didn't read anywhere, come to my mind. If you are healthy and you are able to work and you are on welfare or SSI or whatever else, uh, you are robbing the system even though it is legal. Get off your hind end and get a job. Get a job. Get a job. My taxes don't want to pay your rent. Get a job. I feel better. Right? Move on. Somebody say move on. Verse 29, corrupt talk. Take it off. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Listen, if your communication destroys unity or damages a brother or sister, It may be right what you're saying, but it's still wrong. And I'm guilty. And you are too, in case you don't know. Verse 30, you can stand now. And somebody come, I think I did real good on this right here. I'm not gonna have you stand for an hour. If if the young lady would come with her guitar. Guitar. Stay with me, please. Verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And there are six things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. In verse 31, let all bitterness. I spoke to somebody this week. I told my wife, I said, wow, I could sense the bitterness in the, in the end of it. Not, not at me, but just the bitterness that has been built up in this individual. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. How many remembers the, not too long ago, you could be driving down the road and somebody cut you off, you could toot the horn at them and it was okay. Now you toot the horn at them. Because what we have, we need to share. We got the good news. We need to share it. Ephesians 4 and 32. And be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. Be kind one to another. So I've been eating healthy. And uh, my wife's been cooking everything and the portion sizes are like, they're like (laughs) a lot smaller. (laughs) And so I found this salmon, cooked salmon at Long John Silver's. They got a meal, John, look at you. I'm talking, man. They they got a meal, but they also got a salmon bowl. And they got a young man there and he is probably 17 and he is incredible. 
I'm telling you, my wife will tell you, I brag on him when I get up to the window. I said, you keep working like this, man. You know, you're going to own this place. Well, yesterday I go through there, my wife and I. I couldn't wait, man. I got, I got me a salmon bowl. It's got rice and stuff in there. And I said, throw me in a side of three grilled shrimp. So we pull around the side of the building, and I'm bragging on this young guy. And I open up my bag, and I get my bowl. And I ain't got no shrimp. <laughs> so I turn around the building here. I mean, we're talking three shrimp here, just about that big around. But I'm hungry. So we go around the building, Tommy, and there was a whole line of cars. I said, I ain't sitting in that line. So I pulled over. I'm going after my shrimp. I'm going after. It's my shrimp, all right? And I went in, and he looked up, and I, I said, buddy, you blew it. <laughs> he said, what'd I do? And I said, you forgot my shrimp. I was kind to him. It's just that little thing. You know what? He don't know who I am. I don't know who he is. I wonder what would happen if I'd have jumped all over him and this morning he would have showed up here with somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be an idiot. <laughs> all right. Listen to me. When we begin to see, I want to close with this. When we begin to see others as God sees them, when we begin to see others as God sees them, God will work in our lives. I want to read to you right now out of Matthew 6 and verse 14. Honey, go ahead and start playing. That'll make me shut up. All right? Listen to this. This is in the red. Jesus said this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I want to read it again. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Every head bowed and every eye closed. How many in the room, you're Christians, you're believers, and you just know that there's somebody in your life you need to forgive? Would you slip your hand up high? Hands all over the place. Here in a moment, I ask you to bring it to the Lord. How many of you are you're believers and you know where you want to be in a year, but you're still walking every day where you're at and where you've been in the past? But you, you know that God has better for you. Slip your hand up and say, that's me. Yeah. That's right. So now the third call is to those that have never confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And today you would like to because friend, you'll never, never walk in the walk and in the way that he has for you without him and his spirit. And your way is not better than God's way. Your plan for your life is not better than God's plan for your life. So if you're here today, I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to drag you down front. But if you're here today and you would like to ask Christ into your life, ask God to forgive you of your sins and become a son or a daughter of God. Have your name written down in heaven. Have the Lord walk with you through the rest of the journey of your life. Would you slip your hand up right now?
Would you slip your hand up? Is there one? Is there one? I'm going to tarry. Is there one? We'll tarry for just a moment. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else. Somebody else. Just be honest with yourself. I can remember the preacher saying from the pulpit when I gave my life to Christ, if you was to die tonight, would heaven be your home? I ask you that. If you was to die today, would heaven be your home? If the answer is no, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, right, just, just lift your hand. I'll see your hand clear in the back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. I don't want, I don't want to drag it out, but I don't want to cut anything short either. Is there another? I see your hand, ma'am. Yes. Hallelujah. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Pray this. I see your hand, ma'am. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Search your heart. Search your heart. Is there room for Jesus? The Bible said you're either for him or you're against him. He's knocking at your door. He's knocking at your heart's door. Would you open and let him in? Is there somebody else today? Then if you prayed that, excuse me, if you lifted your hand this morning, you've lifted your heart. And I want you to pray this prayer out loud. Don't be ashamed to where your neighbor can hear you. Lord Jesus, today, I humble myself and acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I repent and I'm sorry. And from this day forward, I'll do my very best to live my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that prayer, I wanna welcome you to the family of God. Come on church, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 